Wolf and Luke. Who are you? Uh, okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witchbuster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, it is a midweek edition of Wolf and Luke. Tim Ring, pinch hitting for Luke Lipinski today. Luke, I am your fill-in. Ron Wolfley, to my right. Aaron Maloney behind the glass, the great Sarah Cazell in the update cauldron with us today. Wolf, good to see you, brother. Uh, good seeing you, Timmy, as well. The Cauldron. I never knew it was called The Cauldron. I just That's made it up. Right there. That's pretty good right there. <laughs> you By know, the pricking of my thumb, something <laughs> wicked this way comes. I'm excited about today because Wolf and I spent 17 weeks on Cardinals NFL game day every Sunday morning talking Cardinal football. It was a segment called Wolf's World and I told our, our listeners every single Sunday it was my favorite segment of that show because I literally I've been around the block myself but I always ask Wolf questions that I literally did not know the answer to and I wanted to get his perspective as a former player in so many different elements of of, of the upcoming game and, and what's there were going good on questions the, to me thank you Wolf. many times I didn't know the answer right. to and your the, question and the reason why I bring that up is because it was such a great segment that I'm excited about today because <laughs> For 10 years, I have been filling in at 98.7, and Wolf, I am proud to say this is the first time we've done four hours together. And if it's as good as Wolf's world was on Sunday morning, I'm going to be asking you questions for the next four hours, brother. I don't care if you know the answer. Yeah, you know, no, that's great right there, honestly. I'll answer none of your questions for the most part, right? I'll speak median, but how about this? At least you won't have to talk for 17 straight minutes. Oh, yes. Yes, there is a a story. is a story behind that. I'll be fighting you, Timmy, for actual airtime, just so you know. As long as Max Stark shows up, and Max, if you're listening, you know what I'm talking about, and we'll share that story later on, as long as it's okay oh, with Max. Guy, but Wolf, this is a great day. But, hey, Jay, I'm just saying this right now, Max. You know I love you. You're getting ripped. <laughs> Just get ready, Max. Yeah, maximum football coming up at, uh, let's see, what time? 12.15 today. <laughs> Max in studio for an hour. The horror. <laughs> well, this is actually a great day uh, because, it, listen, the, the the sun is peeking out from beyond the clouds. We're out of that December gloom. The Suns win a game last night when nobody thought they could do it. And most importantly, there's a, what was, I know it was a difficult day for the Cardinals family 48 hours ago, but now the focus shifts towards a new day. A brighter day, hope uh, that the Cardinals are taking the initial steps to turning this thing around and ultimately getting this team back someday uh, into the Super Bowl. And Wolf, I guess it really begins on the new leadership model that Mike Bidwell points to, that he hires, that he goes out and gets. It could go in a bunch of different directions. May see a GM hire first, maybe not. But Sean Payton, Wolf, let's just get right into it. Let's jump two feet into it. Sean Payton was on the Colin Coward show and was talking about what he would do if he had Kyler Murray as his quarterback. And I know fans are excited about the prospect of Sean Payton being the head coach here in Arizona. So let me just kick it off to you with that thought about Sean Payton and what he had to say about Kyler Murray and the potential of Sean Payton ending up here in Arizona. Yeah, It still gets back to offensively. 
a, a package that suits his talents, but also takes some pressure off of him as well. And so, look, what would I like to see? I, I'd love to see him uh, have a better running game under center. I'd love to see him hand the ball off to another really good player and take a deep breath. Some layups. Man, I love that right there. We talked a little bit about this yesterday, but this is critical. This is critical right here. Whether Sean Payton, Basinonians, is actually going to be the head coach going forward for the Arizona Cardinals or not, it doesn't matter. Listen to what he's saying. Because what he is saying, I, I, this is exactly what I've been talking about. This is what I believe right here. When he's saying that, number one, he's saying the offense needs to evolve. It needs to. You just can't do it. You can't run the the air raid concepts as often as you do. You just can't do it. You have to go ahead and expand the offense. And that's what he's pointing to, number one, Tim. Evolve this offense. Yeah, and, and like you said, even if he's not the guy, he's given a blueprint to whoever the guy is to how to maximize the unique and immeasurable talent of Kyler Murray. But I think... Going forward, Wolf, no matter who the coach is, I think you're exactly right. So, something has to change fundamentally with the way. And it doesn't mean you you take the ball out of Kyler Murray's hands. It doesn't mean that you don't allow him to be Kyler Murray yes. and improvise and use his legs when the time is right. But an overall philosophical change, which could be an overhaul off the overall, that that is going to do <laughs> that is going to do Murray in this on offense. the U-Haul on the U-Haul. Okay, and I also like and I want to get your thoughts on this. And if it is Sean Payton, I, I love the idea. And maybe it won't work out. Maybe it won't work out because he's going to get a boatload of money from somebody else, or maybe he, he uh, another job opens up that he didn't see coming uh, that is of a, a higher interest to him. But what I like about Sean Payton is that he'll instantly have the respect of Kyler Murray. And I've talked about this a few times here on these shows that Sean Payton is a Super Bowl winning coach. Sean Payton took Breeze. Took Drew Brees, essentially, yeah. uh, into the Hall of Fame. Uh, so he can, he can win with a quarterback who's not exactly 6'4". And I like the fact, after after some of the cultural issues maybe we saw with Kyler and, and, and swearing at Cliff, Cliff during the game, I, I love the fact that maybe Sean Payton is a guy that Kyler Murray says, okay, I listen to this guy and I can get where I need to go, as opposed to maybe an unknown coordinator that Kyler is unfamiliar with, not that that can't work, but Sean Payton immediately will command yeah. respect of his young quarterback, Kyler Murray. Right, and you mean that going forward, obviously, because he did have that relationship with Cliff Kingsbury, but it was more on a pure basis, and yeah. that is not that is not the model you want in the National Football League going forward. I don't believe that. I, I believe you want that coach player relationship. That's what you want. Um, The other thing that I thought was so cool about that cut that you played to me was he wants to take the pressure off him to do all and be all. Man, that's a great way to offer him relief. And I hope the next coach, whoever it may be, is listening to that and feels that way and believes that as well. Listen, he can't be the end-all, be-all. He can't be the Alpha and Omega, because we all know there's only one Alpha and Omega. But he can't be it. He can't try to be it, as we all know. It's the truth, though. Kyler Murray wants to take the pressure off of him. I, I, that, that, is a, that is a coach. 
That is how a coach thinks, Timmy. And the fact that Sean Payton is, in my opinion, a quarterback guru, I love to hear him enunciate that and actually highlight that. Yeah, no, it, it's the, the prospects of Sean Payton coming here and again, we don't know how it's going to go, but the prospects of Sean Payton coming here I know is exciting uh, to the to, to the Cardinal fan base uh, and it would be a home run hire. And I don't even mind saying that publicly. I think we all can agree uh, to get Sean Payton here with the Arizona Cardinals would be a home run hire. Uh, Wolf, before we hit the break though, real quick, do you want to ask you if, if the card if Sean Payton's likely going to want a lot of control in the organization. If the Cardinals if Mike Bidwell does what he says he's going to do and maybe hires a GM first, does that signal that maybe Sean Payton is not the guy? Can it still work if you hire a GM first yeah. without Sean Payton on board at that particular time? How do you see how do you see that dynamic in the timeline almost? Yeah, right. I honestly right now I do not see Sean Payton being a Cardinal hire if in fact you're gonna hire a general manager first. That's just me. Now who knows? You know, I could be dead wrong on that one right there. Maybe Sean Payton is feeding, you know, the Arizona Cardinals names. Go get this guy, this guy, this guy. I'll be, man, I'd love to work with that guy. I, I have no idea. For me, it seems like Sean Payton is going to want to come here and have complete control and autonomy. That means, just like Bill Belichick, that's the coach. And the general manager. Yeah, Wolf, I'm glad you brought that up because even though formal interviews cannot happen until January 17th, don't think cell phone conversations are not being had between all the prominent players in this entire ordeal. All right, the Phoenix Suns shocked the Warriors last night. Is it something they can build on? Wolf and Luke, Tim Ring in for Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. We are back. Wolf and Luke Timmering in for Luke here on a Wednesday. We're going to get back into that Sean Payton Cardinals deal. Max Starks is coming up a little bit later today, so a lot to get into. But, Wolf, how about what went down by the Bay last night in San Francisco? I mean, are you kidding me? The Phoenix Suns absolutely reeling. Losers of six games in a row. It didn't look like they could beat anybody lately. You're going to take on the defending champs, and Steph Curry's back on the court. You're down. Four starters and your sixth man. Yeah. Five of your top six guys are out. Wolf, they win the game, 125-113. But I want I want to kick it to you with a soundbite from Biz, because I know you're gonna love it. Biz said, just had a feeling everybody was gonna come out and play because we've got so many guys out. Things you can't control. The one thing as an athlete you can always control is how you compete. And I think we saw that last night. With the Phoenix Suns. Am I that easy to read? Am yes. I really that easy to read where you knew I was going to love that? Because you are absolutely right. Listen, Busy, you got it nailed right there. You can control what you can control. I talk about this all the time, man. You can't go out there and, and force your teammate to actually play better. You can't. You can go out there and play, and you can impact your teammate. There's no doubt about that. Guys have done that over and over 
and over. Isn't that right, J.J. Watt? You can do that. Isn't that right, Tom Brady? You can impact your teammates around you. Of course you can, based on how you play and how you go about your business. But, man, never forget this. My young crunk brothers, if you're out there right now and you're competing, I don't care if you're competing in Little League. I don't care if you're competing in high school, whatever it may be. If you're out there and you are competing, you can control what you do and what you give and how you prepare yourself. It doesn't mean you're going to always succeed. It doesn't mean you're going to play well. It doesn't mean you're going to be great all the time. It doesn't. It's difficult to be great when somebody else is trying to keep you from being great. It's difficult. But, man, I can tell you right now, if you will give yourself to the sport, whatever it may be that you're playing, and give your all and prepare correctly, you got a shot, and you can control that. And that's what Busy's talking about. And guess what? Human nature was on display for everybody to see last night. Human nature and that the Golden State Warriors probably looked at the team on the other side of the court and said, we got this. I mean, look who they're running out there. I mean, I don't see Booker. I don't see Paul. I don't see Payne. I don't see Aiton. I don't see Shemit. I don't see Cam Johnson. It's like playing your little brother. I mean, hell, I said five out of six. It's really like seven out of eight, seven other top eight guys. But I tell you, Wolf, and I don't throw the, the word proud out because it doesn't always really work when you're a media guy covering sports teams. <laughs> but I, as a Suns fan, I was really, I've been, I, I don't think I've been, I've been as proud of a basketball team as I was last night. Uh, for the Phoenix Suns group that was out there, Br- Bridges came through with a team high twenty six. Well, they let, it wasn't like they eked that one out. They led that game by as many as twenty seven points. Oh my goodness! They had an eighteen point late lead late. But here is the other thing: the Warriors made a run. The Warriors made a run and cut that thing to six, not once, but twice. The Suns, without a point guard, had nobody that could bring the ball up without losing it <laughs> in the fourth quarter. And you thought, okay. oh, my God, there, there are a couple stops and a couple thir- Curry threes from this game going to overtime. But the Suns, as Bill Raftery would say, onions <laughs> down the stretch. And they, 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 they closed that. I did that. not expect that. They, Timmy. That they, was kind of cool. It's my Bill Raftery. Okay, that was, no, that right. was good. They, uh. They, they 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 showed some metal, and and they and they and they hung on to that thing, and 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 Damian Lee, the former warrior who got his ring last night at twenty two off the bench, but Wolfie was fourteen of fourteen from the free throw line. Yeah. Many of those down the stretch, as I like to say, he carried the clutch cargo. And the Suns they hit the glass off uh, nineteen offensive rebounds, but like Dario Saric, a huge game. Biz at a young time at sometimes look like a young Dwight Howard out there dunking with the left hand. I mean these are the yes. these are the these are the efforts you need to win a game like that. Now listen, like you alluded to, they're gonna go into Denver tonight. They might bring the same effort. And, and take it out. Yeah. It's going to be hard to do it twice in a row, beating two of the best teams in the NBA. Listen, just watching this, though, last night, based on it's for me right now, complacency is a horrible master, is it not? It is. And nobody can tell me, nobody's ever going to be able to convince me that the defending champion, Golden State Warriors, weren't complacent last night, looking at what they were faced with. And the first three quarters of that game pretty much verifies that. It's just true. It is. You think you're ready. You think you're prepared. You think you're ready to go. You think you're ready to give everything that you've got. You're going to take these guys seriously. But we all know what's going to happen here. You're going to blow them out in the first quarter. Right, Steph? 
even the legendary Steph Curry. Think about this, the way they came out and played, especially in that first half right there. Um, Golden State shot their first free throw of the game at 3 minutes and 27 seconds to go in the first half. Wow. 320. Now, listen, from time to time, we've seen the Phoenix Suns have a stat like that thrown out as well. But that tells me immediately, man, they were thinking this is going to be, we're just going to pass me the ball, take a shot, and we're going to win. Yeah. Right? Nobody's going to have to get hurt here. Nobody's going to have to get fouled. Nobody's going to have to get hacked on their way to that. Nobody's going to do that. (laughs) They turned the ball over 11 times in the first half. 11 times. In the first half, they shot 35% from the field in that first half. The Warriors, Warriors, the Warriors. They did not come out to play. They did not (laughs) think the Suns were going to offer any type of serious resistance. And at the same time, they're NBA players. They're getting paid too, and they they answered the bell last night. That's what I, that's what I mean. I, I I'm just I was really proud of an effort because at the end of the day, I am a Suns fan, like all of you listening. And to see what those guys did in those situations last night, remember this was team was down and out, six straight losses. I mean, I think it's thirteen out of seventeen. Uh, I mean, teams are uh, fans are wondering when they were going to win a game again with beginning this four game road trip. Uh, E behind the glass, Monty Williams. We got the cut. He talked. I'm going to play a couple of them. I uh, talked about beating a full strength Golden State team last night. When I heard that those guys might play yesterday, you know, I just said it's just par for the course for us lately. You know, to get Steph back and then Clay and then have their full complement of players outside of Jamichael. I just thought it was going to be um, a game where we just had to, you know, have some things go our way and we had to make our own breaks. Um, we talked about different ways we have to play without Chris, without Book, um, initiating offense. And I thought our guys adapted to that. Kudos to the to the guys. I thought they came in with a great spirit about them today. Uh, Landry Shamit deserves a ton of credit. He was begging to play. And um, I held him out. I just said, look, we, we just don't do that in our program. And um, you feel real good about guys who just want to help out their team. And um, when he came in and, and was pretty much begging me to get out there on the floor, you know, I didn't. That wasn't an omen or anything, because I don't believe in that stuff. But I just feel good about the game. You know, to have a guy willing to sacrifice his body for his team. Yeah, and a couple couple other names that that have to be mentioned here when you talk about what went down last night. Uh, Sarich, I mentioned him briefly. He had nineteen and nine. He also had seven assists in the he game. Was huge. I, I mean, Mario. just a just a, a professional performance by Sarich in that game, Wolf. And you know, a lot of times you can get seven, you can get nineteen and nine. And they weren't influential and impactful. Yes. Sarge got big buckets down the stretch when they needed them. And then Torrey Craig had 12 and 14. Wolf, that's what we call back in the day a blue-collar night. 12 points, 14 rebounds, right? Hitting the glass. Uh, Torrey Craig had six offensive rebounds. And then Dwayne Washington Jr., trying to play point guard, out of position, ends up with 21 points and five assists. And again, impactful shots, especially when the Suns built that big 27-point lead. So I always say, like, it takes a village. Some some nights, Book can score 58, and one guy can do it. Other nights, it takes a village. It took a village last night, and that's what the Suns got. No, you're right about that, man. And you could see it, too. There was a lot of effort that was being given out there on the floor as well. Their defensive effort was totally legit. It was 
fantastic, as good as we've seen all season long. Now, again, it got wonky on them in that fourth quarter, and it was because of all the turnovers from the Phoenix Suns and trying to actually bring the ball up the court. And you mentioned this earlier. Uh, there's no way in the world, if Chris Paul is that guy, they're blowing the whistle. They're, 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 but that was a foul. That was a foul. Uh, it drove me crazy to actually see the officiating in this game because to me, looking at the refs, they were they were allowing the Golden State Warriors on ball defenders to hack and handle whoever they were dealing with. So my old coach used to say, hack and handle. You got to <laughs> hack and handle the guy. Whatever that means right there, that's exactly what he had to be talking about last night. How many fouls are you going to let these guys commit on dudes bringing the I Listen, I know we all smell blood in the water, metaphorically speaking. I know they don't have Chris Paul. I know they don't have campaign. I know they don't really have a guy. Mikhail Bridges tried to bring the ball. I understand. I, <laughs> right? No. Mikel Bridges and Tory Craig after that game must have been oh. like, can we get a point guard in here? Because I'm not going through that crap again, oh trying to goodness. bring the ball up against intense pressure. The All right, officiating was brutal. <laughs> text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Who are the best teams in the NFL? We'll rank our top five in our NFL power poll next. Wolf and Luke, Tim ring in for Luke Lipinski, the local sports leader. Keep it here. Who is the best in the NFL? Wolf and Luke's NFL Power Power. Brought to you by IBEW Local 640, the best electricians in the world. Wolf Super Wild Card Weekend is upon us, almost. We're just a few days away. Two games Saturday, three games on Sunday, and then Monday night football in Tampa as the Buccaneers host the Dallas Cowboys. Are you ready for a little power pole action, my friend? Yeah, you know what? Um, it's Wednesday, is it not? And the blood sport, we're in the middle of the season because now the postseason begins. So we have a lot of football left, and that can only mean one thing, the NFL power pole. And that's why we're playing this music. Number five. All right, Wolf, I will go first with my number five team. And it's it's almost an oddity that my fifth team is actually one of the number one seeds. And I'm talking about the Philadelphia Eagles. And I think they are completely capable of winning a Super Bowl if Jalen Hurts is healthy and out there doing his thing. But as we sit here today, Wolf, I'm going to put the Eagles at five. They didn't exactly finish strong. Hurts being out of the lineup was a factor in that. But you look at where the Eagles are at right now. With Hurts back on the field and the running game with Miles Sanders and the receiving core led by A.J. Brown. This is a very dangerous team still. And if they're able to host the NFC Championship game, even with the mighty 49ers coming in there on the road, that's a game the Eagles can win and they can get back to the Super Bowl uh, for the first time in a long time. So the Eagles, Wolf, coming in at number five for me on the power pole. Okay, Timmy, I like that right there. Um, I've got a much higher than you do, of course, but that's okay. To each his own base and audience. How about this? Number five, the Cincinnati Bengals. At number five. Why are you looking at me like that, Mel? Why would you look at me and shake your head when I said the Cincinnati Bengals at number five? Well, maybe it's because there's a history there. 
I can tell you right now, Joe Burrow, of course, and the Cincinnati Bengals, their offense starting to click, but I will say they need to run the ball a lot better than what they did all season long. This is something they've got to cultivate. Zach Taylor knows this better than anybody else. I think they will do that. Their defense is really, really good in terms of shutting down the run. You want to stuff the run. The Bengals are actually in the top 10 in yards per game, rushing yards per game, and rushing yards per play allowed. And because of that, I think the Bengals have a chance to make some noise once again in the postseason. The Bengals and Joe Burrow. Number five. Number four. Well, my brother, I am right there with you. My number four team is, in fact, the Cincinnati Bengals. And because you just summed them up so eloquently, I won't spend a whole lot of time on them. But I believe Joe Burrow is a flat-out gangster. And I believe that Joe Burrow believes every game he plays in, home or away, when he walks on the field, He's winning that game. And his NFL comp, that's Hall of Fame quarterback, Kurt Warner. (laughs) What are we doing? (laughs) No! You're not going to compare him to the greatest throw the ball into a toaster. You're not going to do that and compare him to... Gri- okay, all right. He can throw a already. Twinkie into a toaster. Hey, okay. Mix- Mixon's averaging under four yards of carry, though, Wolf. But I love that three-headed monster at wide receiver when they're healthy. Chase Higgins and Boyd. Burrow's the kind of guy like you want to have the NFC or the AFC Championship game in Arrowhead? I'll go there and win. Okay. You want to have it in Buffalo? Yeah. We'll go there and win. Joe Burrow and the Bengals are my number four. Okay, Timmy, listen, um, that took all of four minutes right there, I think. He he, he said you had nothing to say about the (laughs) Bengals. That was interesting. I didn't know we were going to have the Kurt Warner comp in the middle of my segment. (laughs) I'm not reclaiming my time. Your segment. Reclaiming my time. (laughs) Who's that segment? Okay, look. Number four, and I it pains me to do this because I love my I I love my Buffalo Bills, but I have to do it. I'm gonna put him at number four. Even though, even though I do believe what's happened with DeMar Hamlin will galvanize the locker room. I do believe that. It's just difficult for me to put him in front of the Eagles, Chiefs, and some other team as well. And I know they've got Josh Allen. I know how good they are at throwing the ball. It's funny. When you get into the postseason, you got to be able to run the ball. You have to be able to do that. And because of that, I've got the Buffalo Bills at number four. Number three. Wolf, I think we're splitting hairs with my top three. I got the Bills a little bit higher than you, but as you say, that's okay. The San Francisco 49ers, who I believe might be the dangerous, most dangerous team in the NFL right now. I'm going to slot them at three just because you're dealing with a rookie quarterback who may have to win a, a playoff game ultimately on the road. But I, again, I would, much like all five of these teams, I would not be surprised if any five of them, any one of the five, ended up with the Lombardi Trophy. But the 49ers are going to slot at three right now. Oh, my goodness. Um, okay, a little foreshadowing right here. You have them way too low. <laughs> <All right. laughs> 
I like my top two. Wolf. Okay, you like it good, Timmy. You, we'll talk to you Super Bowl Sunday. All right, look. Um, <laughs> I got to go with the Philadelphia Eagles at number three. Number three. Did we fire that off? Just give it to me one more time, Mel. Number three. Reset the table for me. Number three, the Philadelphia Eagles. They really do not have a weakness except for one. Running the ball at their defense, at their front seven, in a north-south way from time to time. But the Eagles are legit. And I believe they are number three in this this week's Powerball. Number two. I'm going with Patrick Mahomes at number two, Wolf. I think if, I think I I, I think I you're talking it. about your you're, you're still Chiefs. you're t- <laughs> yeah, that's right <laughs> Patrick Mahomes yes, Mahomes I'm going with Mahomes Mahomes and his supporting cast Mahomes and Kelsey they 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 have the number one seed they may not host the AFC Championship game but I like right now what the Kansas City Chiefs have to offer running the football throwing the football and I'll always bet on Patrick Mahomes no matter what happened in the AFC title game a year ago Wow oh my goodness okay I also have the Kansas City Chiefs at number two. I'm sorry. Number two, the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. I know they can score. I know they can. Oh my goodness, look everybody, it's Travis Kelsey. I mean, I get it. I know they're good. But man, that defense, by the pricking of my thumb, something wicked this way comes. That defense is going to hurt him at some point in time and will need to come up with a stop, I believe. Now that stop may happen and may have to happen in the Super Bowl but to me the Chiefs at number 2 number 1 numero uno unbelievable well you know where i'm going wolf with number 1 you had him a little low on your list and that is fine i believe that and this has nothing to do with the with the DeMar Hamlin inspirational story, which is now right in the lap of the Buffalo Bills players. But I believe, and I have believed it since week one, that this season is time for Josh Allen to make the next leap to Super Bowl champ. I believe the Buffalo Bills will be hoisting the Lombardi Trophy in Glendale next month. They remain number one on my power poll. The ghost of Joe Ferguson walks today. Oh, Joe, you're going to bring up Ferguson? You know how much I love my Buffalo Bills playing out of Orchard Park. The park. The city I actually grew up in. Dare I say the town I actually grew up in. Orchard Park. Are you kidding me? Don't call it a city. Um, okay, I hope you are right. The Buffalo Bills. I hope you are right. I hope they are Super Bowl champions. But right now, I'm going to do something I've been kicking myself all morning for. I'm taking Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers. Because honestly, watch the kid play. Just watch him play. At some point in time, I know he's going to have to bring them back to win a game. But watch the kid play. And oh, by the way, look at the Ross. Look at the roster. Oh my goodness, they're absolutely loaded on offense and defense. Ladies and gentlemen, I put it to you, Greg. The San Francisco 49ers at number one. There are no wrong answers. We had the same top five, a little shuffled a little differently. But any one of these five, we both can agree on. 
could be hoisting the Lombardi Trophy at State Farm Stadium next month. All right, what does Paul Calvisi think the Cardinals must look for? Do we care what Paul thinks, Wolf? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I I, okay, okay, all right, fine. Well, so we can really. <laughs> what the Cardinals must look for in their new head coach and GM. We ask the great card sideline reporter Paul Calvisi next. Wolf and Luke, Tim Ring filling in for Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, we are back. Wolf and Luke Timmering in for Luke. It's a Wednesday edition, having a good old time here today so far. The power pole was was power packed, Wolf. Yeah, power packed. Uh, we're all going to see it unfold in the playoffs, and I again, I can't stress enough. It's wide open, brother. It's wide open. You look at those top five teams, and maybe some teams from out of the top five could make a run. I mean, it's uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's it's gonna be a good playoff playoff season, I think. Hey, Paul Calvisi, standing by. Always standing tall on the sidelines as the Cards' longtime sideline reporter, Paulie. As we welcome you in, do you want to get any criticisms of Wolf out of the way before we get going, <laughs> or you want to sprinkle them in during the course of the interview? I get no, ball. Of course not. I mean, I, no way would I mention that it's better you than me having to suffer through one of his uh, insidious polls that he has to do. These insipid polls that he always brings all the time. I mean, you know, Wolf, can you do a show without a poll? Come on now. No, Polly. uh, Forget about this broadcasting right there, honestly. Paul, who would you have number one in your power poll? Come on, Paul. I got bigger issues right now than some stinking... I know, but Paul, stop and think about it. I I literally have the 49ers at number one. They got... No, that's wrong. That's wrong. Okay, what are you going to do? Thanks, Paul. Tom Brady's number one in the NFC, just based on quarterback experience. Look at the rest of the quarterback field in the NFC. I'm going with Tommy as your number one. And then you can have your pick in the AFC. Okay, Paul. Although I, I took I, you by surprise. I, I love me some Joe. I love me some bravado of Joe Burrow. I mean, I just I, I like watching playoff Joe Burrow. There's something that I'm I'm all in for that. That's what I said. I said he's a gangster, man. There would, you go. I would there you go. I would again. I would bet against big game Joe. Yeah. Uh, at all. Hey, Paul. This is a couple days now since uh, the the big news out of out of out of Tempe there at the Cards facility. And as the, the hours go by, I, I, you know, I, Wolf and I talked about it earlier. It's like the sun is peeking out of the clouds. There's a new day dawning. Uh, Hope springs eternal, all that good stuff as the Cardinals, you know, try to find the men to lead them uh, into the next era, both in the front office and on the sidelines. Your sense of the last 48 hours and where this thing may be heading, some names you've heard, um, either publicly or or even being in the building, uh, where, where do you think this is at 48 hours into these searches? You know, I have no reason not to believe when Michael Bidwell says that they're casting the net far and wide. I think it's pretty dang wide open. I really do. I know there's a lot of speculation on Sean Payton. I'm not buying it. I'm waiting for the Cowboys to flop on Monday night, right, and just face plant. And then there's Sean Payton going into his dream job, reunited with Jerry Jones in Dallas. I could see that happening. I could see the Chargers flopping and Sean Payton waiting that out and going to the L.A. Chargers because he loves Southern California and Justin Herbert. So I'm not really buying Sean Payton. I think he's 
perhaps using the Cardinals more as leverage than anything else. That's just my fear, my gut feeling. We'll see. We'll see about that. Besides, I'm just not willing to give up number three overall for Sean Payton. If you're talking round three, great. Number three overall, mm. no thanks. Because guess you know, guess what trumps coaching? Talent. And so I, I'm just not willing to do that. Not yet. I think there are guys to be had out there. But I think it boils down to this question, guys. And this is where maybe, maybe it's worth an expenditure of assets for Sean Payton. you got to ask yourself, what is culture worth? When Michael Bidwell said, and he cited the culture of the locker room, in his press conference. And what did we talk about all year? In fact, the last two years, go two off-seasons ago, what did we talk about? Leadership. What did we talk about the entirety of 2022? Accountability. We were talking about it still at the end of the year. In fact, how about Mike Garofolo with that report to start off the week where he said that Adrian Wilson and Quinn Harris, with two weeks to go in the season, addressed the locker room at a team meeting. And according to Garofolo, had a message of, hey, we're coming down the stretch here. You guys need to work. Yeah, you know, look, they might blow up the whole thing. We need to work as well. This is coming from AWQ, according to Mike Garofolo. But we want to see the guys who are willing to put in the work around here. And Garofolo went on to say the reaction was twofold in that locker room. It was sort of divided. Half the guys, some at least, were perturbed by it. And others felt like it really needed to be said. Interesting, so, Paul. So I find I do find that interesting because I think that's where this all starts. Who can bring that culture? And then if you're convinced, and if you need someone who's proven in that regard, and that leads you to a Sean Payton, then okay, what is that culture worth? before you're even able to sign him on the line that is dotted. Yeah, for me, Paulie, it really is. Every decision I think you're going to make going forward, it's all about Kyler Murray and whether or not you can get Kyler Murray back to where he needs to be. Uh, we know he's coming off the ACL, of course. We know he's coming off his worst season as a pro. All three years prior to last season, of course, man, Kyler Murray was definitely getting better. He was getting better. It was easy to see. He was getting better off the field. He was getting better on the field. And now all of a sudden you had 2022 happen. I I believe every decision you make from this point because of the $230 million contract that you've signed him to, man, you've got to ask yourself this question. Is this guy going to be a good fit? for Kyler Murray. The regression last season was real. There's no doubt about it. And the analytics will tell you all about it based on the downfield passing attack or lack thereof. 2021, he led all quarterbacks in DVOA deep throws last year before he got hurt. He was dead last. So there's a serious regression there in some way. Now, how much of that had to do with other factors on the offense? Okay, you can, you know, and and, and the off-field stuff was real. There's no doubt. You know, some of the players at their lockers on Black Monday, locker cleanouts cited just all the constant distractions off the field that ultimately did have an impact on the field. But you're right. And here's my question, guys, and this is an honest question. How are you going to figure out exactly what that chemistry is going to be between coach and quarterback? You know, Drew Stan yesterday on the Red Sea Report said how Bruce Arians was interviewing once upon a time for the Bears head job, and he took Jay Cutler out to lunch. 
Okay, well, that makes sense, right? I mean, because if you can't actually get along and connect for a 90-minute lunch, then how is it going to work going forward? But ultimately, how are you going to know? And so that is the biggest question. I think that's the biggest unknown and the biggest projection in this is how will your future head coach get along with your franchise quarterback, and will one plus one equal three? Yeah, you know what, Paulie, though? B.A. took him out because he wanted a glass of Chardonnay. You know what I'm saying, baby? You know the other thing that Drew brought up, and I, I thought this was interesting, too, is he said all these young, hot offensive coordinators and great offensive minds, and half of them fail as head coaches because they're not great leaders of men. It's not just enough to be great in the scheme and the game plan and the X's and O's. You have to be a great leader in that locker room. So I think that's something you're you're looking for as well. And it doesn't matter if it's offense or defense. You just need that leader as the head coach and CEO. I know Bruce Arians. I know Jay Cutler. I'm going to guarantee B.A. was finished with Jay Cutler before the server even came yeah. over and asked them maybe if they, were, if they wanted something to drink. Polly, real quick. i got about a minute left. Uh, your perspective on the DeAndre Hopkins situation right now where we sit here you know basically in early January still if you can get a first round pick for DeAndre Hopkins and you just gave up a first round pick for Hollywood Brown so why not then I would make it happen I would not hesitate DeAndre Hopkins right now is probably a luxury and considering what he's going to want without any guaranteed money left on his contract and where is he driving the business side of things i'm guessing that another team might be a better fit on the business side of things as well so i definitely believe it is going to be looked at and pursued in the offseason no question yeah i'm with you on that one paul i really do believe it's something they need to do okay they've got to rebuild when you talk about rebuild they got to rebuild that offensive line and they've got to rebuild that line of scrimmage, I think, on both sides of the ball. So, Paul, appreciate it, man. And look, he's missed 15 games the last couple of years. So if you can still sell high, do it. Yes. Yes. You know, the the only other side of that, a new coach may come in and say, no, we're a better team with Hopkins. I'm here to win and win now. I'm going to talk to DeAndre. I'm going to make sure he doesn't want to be traded. And we're going to build the best team we have. We got this guy under contract. I'm going to make sure that DeAndre Hopkins is, is a part of it. That's the only other side I could see this going the other way where Hopkins would end up uh, sticking around for the length of the contract. Okay, but with his, with his practice habits, is the culture thing, is he part of the solution or part of the problem? Yep, that, that's, that's an excellent point, and that might just come down to what the new coach thinks or the new GM thinks or ultimately what DeAndre Hopkins thinks. But I agree, Paul. There's, there's an issue there that needs to be rectified if he does come back. Practice! Thank you, Paulie. Talking practice. About practice. Talking about practice. practice. Right, Bob. Excellent stuff, Paul. Good luck on the big red rage later today. I'm busy, guys. See your forehead, Paul. <laughs> All right. What can the Suns learn from last year's Warriors team? That's right. Last year's Warriors team. Uh, pretty good stat I'll throw your way coming up on that. Wolf and Luke, Tim Ring, and for Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.